<laughs> Thank you. Oh, Brentley, that was amazing. I'm going to steal that song, Behold. That was an incredible song. So I appreciate all the times that uh, we mentioned soul this morning, and that's where we're headed. Um, that was awesome. So thank you so much. Woo! I was okay till I stood up here. So we're going to pray about the nerves for just one second. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. God, I appreciate the nerves because I don't take this lightly. We're students of your holy word. And we get to deliver this incredible message today. So Father, may your Holy Spirit be ever present and may somehow you prompt each one of us in your own personal way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo. So I told Actually, I literally just told my husband this week, I was like, babe, why do I always cry at church? <laughs> he was like, well, I think it's just meaningful to you. I was like, but I don't cry. Like, throughout the week, I don't really cry a lot. And then I come to church, and I'm always crying. And he's like, I think you're okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, my husband is also my counselor, as I'm sure you guys can all relate, <laughs> who are married and get the opportunity to be so close with someone. So, Forgive the tears this morning. Um, the passionate extrovert, I just kind of throw it in there because sometimes people meet me and they're like, wow, she's kind of a lot. So I am hoping that that is a positive thing in your life today. <laughs> but I figured we better just get that out of the way up front because sometimes I am kind of a lot. Uh, but I am from a very good place and I just love people a whole lot. And I love God's church. I really do. And I know that is ridiculous because God's church has hurting people in it. I get it. Sometimes we're not the greatest people. I get it because I get it because I'm part of it. So I walk around in my own head with my own life every day, and sometimes it's a little broken. But I know that God's spirit is moving in God's church, and we are the hope of this world. And so I'm just excited to be able to join another body of God's church this morning. We pray for you. Um, I love your pastor. It's pretty awesome. I just, uh, I don't know him really well, all right? So don't like, oh, maybe they're BFFs. No, no, no. He would be like, what is she saying? Um, but I just really appreciate his heart for people and I was just blown away by the invitation to be able to share with you today. So thank you so much um, just for your kindness and your, just your warm invitation, your warm welcome this morning. You guys are awesome, of course. Um, if I can give a little bit, um, if, if Pastor Dallas watches this later, he'll just have to forgive me, but maybe he'll skip this part. I just have to tell you and ask you and plead with you. So I am a pastor's wife, as you all know, which comes with a whole thing. So I'm just Janelle, but I'm also a pastor's wife. And so I get kind of insider scoop on all the things. And I just, this world has not been easy the last couple of years for any of us. And then try to lead in ministry. Yeah, it's a little hard. So if you could just pray a lot for your pastor. He didn't ask me to say that. He would never ask me to say that. He'd probably be like, delete this from the live stream and edit from all the things. But, and maybe send him a note and tell him just how much you appreciate him. Say, so, you know, Janelle was great. We're glad she came to visit. But if you could just, we were like you, that would be really good. Encourage him. Bless him. Send him a Culver's gift card. I don't know if he's a coffee drinker. That's awesome. Give him some coffee gift cards. 
just something to encourage him. I'm really glad that he gets to have a day uh, with his family to refresh and renew and excited to share with you. All right, enough about all that. So we're here to talk about Deuteronomy. So if you can, you can open your Bible, you can open your phone app, you can look at the reference is going to be up on the screen. We're going to Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6, and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to give you something new with it this morning. So Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6. Um, I don't always do this, but I, I kind of felt like God was going to tell me to do this, and sure enough, here we go. So if you're able to, if you could stand with me while we read this, I just think that's good to be reverent towards God's scripture. So Deuteronomy 4, 4 to 6, listen, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. That could be like a whole series. We could talk about this all year, <laughs> but I get one day. So we're going to break this down. We're just going to do a little bit. If you remember the context in the New Testament, somebody came to Jesus and they said, okay, Jesus, we got all these things that are important that we're supposed to do. Could you just break it down for us? Because this is a lot <laughs> to like the top two things. And I think Jesus was like, ah, okay. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are your top two things. And I think I've learned a little bit about what that is like. And God gave me some insight on this just a couple of weeks ago, actually. So I don't know. We have two high school, two, one middle school, right? So we're trying to teach them how to clean the house. That's a lot of fun. Wow. So, and they do it about as willingly as I do it. So, you know, well, who can blame them? None of us like to do this. And so I've learned they will, if I say, okay, you guys got to go clean the basement. It's not enough information. They're like, we need a list, mom. Like, really? You need a list to clean the basement? Have we not come a little further than this? Can we just have a list, please? And I think this is where God is with this with us. You know, if he just said, love God with everything you have. But the people were like, we don't get it. And so that's why we get all these things broken down in the Old Testament. Because people need a list. Okay, this is what this looks like. Here you go. So love the Lord your God is big picture. And then he breaks down all these little pieces. So we're going to focus on the word soul this morning. Um, and soul, for me, our American Christian version of the word soul is the piece of us that kind of goes from this life to the next life, right? So as you think about soul, you think about the movies and there's the movie soul and it's all about this piece of us that passes to the next world. Okay, but if you're a great... <laughs> study of God's word, which my husband is. And so I borrowed this from him because he's really good at doing the research. And then I could just deliver what it is that he researched. So he did a little bit of this for me because he knows what he's talking about. So he looked up the word soul that's translated to soul in the Hebrew because I love knowing it, but I don't know how to do all the study behind it. So I was like, all right, babe, you got to help me out. So he looks up soul for me and it's this cool word called nefesh. All right, I'm going to write it kind of big so people at home, you guys can see it. I so appreciate you joining us. Shout out to some of my friends in other states. Oh my gosh, I don't even know, um, supporting me and, uh, and, and watching this morning. So this word nefesh, 
All right, everybody say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Nefesh. This is your new word. I am going to pray that the word nefesh like just simmers around in your brain for like the next three months. All right, then we're good. So we'll see. Usually you can't even remember somebody's message in a couple of days. So none of this is really going to, you know, but I'm going to pray that nefesh is what kind of brings you to life. So the word nefesh is used 757 times. All right, if you're like me, all I need to know is that it's important. But some of you want the numbers. I'm not really the numbers girl. We knew that might happen, didn't we? When we set it up, we were like, this might happen. That's okay. No problem. We don't really need it anyway. So guess what? We'll skip it. It's okay. We'll just move this so I don't trip on it. That's fine. You guys got it now because you saw the word. You got the spelling, right? You, got, you remember my word? Nefesh. Got it? One, two, three. Nefesh. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Now I won't fall. That would be great. All right. So the word nefesh is actually what the word soul is trying to be. So let's, let's read this again with nefesh in there. So the Lord your God, the Lord alone, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your nefesh, and all your strength. Okay, Janelle, that's nice. I still don't know what nefesh means, so let's move on. So let's talk about nefesh. So this is like, wow, to try to get your mind around nefesh. So take that American Christian, this is the piece of me that lives on, take that, kind of put it over here, because I don't know, I don't think we do it enough justice. And let's think about the word nefesh. Here we go. So it's mentioned 757 times the first time is Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 20. All right, here we go. God said, let the water swarm with fish and other, there it is, nefesh, life, nefesh. What? You say, Janelle, I was with you until you equated nefesh and me with fish, and now I'm done. (laughs) So hold on. So me too. I was looking at this and I'm like, God, I want nefesh to be something bigger than fish. What is happening? He said, hold on, okay. So Genesis 1.21, God created sea creatures and every nefesh that scurries and swarms in the water, every sort of bird, every offspring of the same kind. God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.30, we see it show up again. He created the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has nefesh. Then we get to people. God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the life into the man's nostrils, and the man became nefesh. Isn't it a great word? Alive. Life itself. So, coming back to the fish for a minute. When you go to an aquarium, oh my gosh, I did not know how much I loved aquariums until I went to Atlanta, Georgia last year, and I went to the Georgia Aquarium, and you need to go. Whether you are two or 952, you've got to go to the Georgia Aquarium. It's amazing. So you see these fish. You know how there's a swarms of it, and they're, and they're just everywhere, and it's a wonder they don't hit a bunch of stuff when they're trying to swim around and each other, and they're alive. That's the picture when God talks about nefesh, this life, this movement, this excitement. So God creates man and become a nefesh. He's alive. 
We go a little further in Genesis 34.3, and then he fell in love with her, and that falling in love, he became nefesh with her. Hmm. So we got nefesh in creation. We have nefesh in love. Nefesh. Then in Ruth, he shall be a restorer of nefesh and a nourisher of your old age. Life itself. I want to use the word energy, but I don't want to equate it to all the other weird stuff that sometimes goes along because we're Christian, Bible-believing church. Okay, we all agree on that. But God's energy that he gives us, that life itself, that's our nefesh. So we're going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our nefesh, and all of our strength. So in college, when Andy and I were first dating, so Andy and I have kind of that like quintessential relationship story. So we met at Christian College, and we started dating, and we fell in love, and all of that. And it's really a beautiful story, actually. But it's kind of funny how cheesy it is. So we would go to the cafeteria, and in those days, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones in our pockets, and we never really knew when somebody was coming or going. Now you can know everything about everything and anything. So you know where my mind always was if I'm sitting in the cafeteria for lunch? I'm waiting for Andy to arrive. And where am I always looking? Position myself on the table so I can see the door. Because he's coming. He's coming. We're going to have lunch. It's going to be great. All of my nefesh was focused on Andy walking in that door, and it was going to be so fun. And then he did. And you're constantly distracted when you're in love. You're constantly distracted by that person. Your whole being is focused where they are, when they are. I'm still kind of like that. I'm like, what are you doing down in the basement? What are you doing? And he's like, really? I don't know why we're like that, but I've heard that it's not just me. Because my being is obsessed with this person. I'm alive with this person. So I think about that, and I think about what God's trying to teach us in that by using this word nefesh when it comes to loving God. Okay, so there's a little bit of a risk. Remember at the beginning when I said, yeah, <laughs> I could be a little much, a little passionate. There's a risk in that that I just want to talk about for a quick second. Because as I was doing some research, I ran across this other piece that I thought was really helpful. Nefesh is not your feelings. Right? I want to communicate with a little excitement today because I don't want you to fall asleep on me. So that's my number one goal. <laughs> but I want to communicate with that, not because I want you to get caught up in the emotion of it. I just want to communicate. So what is nefesh if we take that piece out? So an expert on this part of scripture talks about the love of God and genuine love for others, not as an emotion, but as a commitment and a loyalty. Aha. A commitment and a loyalty, which will manifest itself in obedience to the will of God. Mm. Obedience to the will of God. A respect for, and when required, assistance for one's neighbor. Shoot, I gotta help some people? Ah. So we talk about this not as an emotion. Nefesh 
is a commitment and a loyalty which will manifest itself in obedience to the will of God and respect for and when required assistance for one's neighbor. So it's that commitment, that loyalty. It's you showing up here every week. It's you showing up online every week. It's a commitment and a loyalty and it's great and it changes your life and it changes the lives of the people that you are around. One other piece of this um, in that same uh, commentary was a compassion for human beings. So a love for God with your whole being, you're alive for him, and then a compassion for human beings. Honestly, I think you guys got it. I think your cafe connection is awesome. I think you got it. I think you have that compassion and that empathy. If you could join me in prayer, remember Galatians has the fruits of God's spirit. So the church universal, as we dig deep in God's word, as we become alive for him in our nefesh, these are our fruits. This is what it should look like. We're going to be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and faithful and gentle and have self-control. And my prayer right now for God's church is that we would really get back to being kind and good to the people around us and gentle. There's been some pretty harsh words the last couple of years. And the stuff that's going on here right now has to be laid at the feet of God Almighty if you're going to follow him. And the fruit of us following him is not anger and bitterness and, oh, shoot, that's not what it says. Oh, man. Big opinions? Nope, that's not in the list either. Darn. Hmm. So we have love. We let God have our nefesh alive for him so that these are our fruits of our spirit and that we have compassion for each other. Try to figure out where are they coming from. Maybe I should ask some questions. So there's another really great way that we can see nefesh play out in our world that's a little lighter. We'll take a breath. That was a lot, Janelle. I don't know. So another way I've been trying to figure out in this world, where do we see nefesh? People really coming alive for something. And you have to think about sporting events. I love sports. I thought I was going to be such a great wife because I love sports, like growing up. And then I married a history nerd <laughs> who doesn't care about sports at all. I'm like, really? Okay. But then I had a son who is a sports fan, and we go to stuff together. It's really fun. <laughs> so think about, for me, I got invited to a U of M football game this last fall. I had not been to a U of M football game until my, since my son was in the womb. He turns 15 today. So that was at least 15 years ago that I was at a U of M football game. So I got invited to this game. Typically, I go green. But I got invited to the U of M football game. So what am I going to do? What do you got to do when you go to U of M football and they're not playing Michigan State? Then you cheer for U of M. 
So think about what happens when you go to a U of M football game if you're a green. I'm sorry, I know, me too, but this is my experience though. If you had given me free tickets to a Michigan State game, I would talk about that. <laughs> so I went to this U of M football game. What makes that experience? That stadium is nefesh. They are alive. Whoa! I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It was crazy. So I think we have a picture of the, like the whole stadium and things. Yes, so this is my view. Nefesh, they were everywhere. So what, when you get ready to go to a game, what do you do? What are ways that you like fit in? You gotta be a part of the thing, what do you do? This part you get to tell me. What do you wear? You gotta wear maize and blue. This guy knows he's wearing it on his mask today. You gotta wear maize and blue. So what did I do? I went to the store and I bought maize and blue. And my son was like, ha ha, we're gonna convert you. I was like, mm, I don't know. But I am gonna be part of the crowd because I gotta be all in. I am definitely all in all the time. So I'm all in with my maize and blue. What else is a part of the things? So they have their own special. Have you been? Have you been to a basketball game? That's okay. So they have their own special songs, right? They have their own special chants. You gotta know when to do this and when not, and when to clap and when, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know what's going on. By the second game, I was better. <laughs> so this is us at the U of M game. That's my son in the, in the front. My husband's the crazy one on the side to the right. And then my father-in-law's in the back in the sunglasses. And that's me finding out, finding my maize and blue scarf that I actually did buy at one point. So we got the clothing, we learned the chants, we were cheering when we needed to cheer. I learned you have to be very quiet when it's your turn to play offense. And then you cheer really loud when it's not because you're trying to disrupt the other team's offense. And guess what? It worked. It was amazing. It was the coolest thing. It was the coolest thing. So I really am sort of a, a closet U of M fan at this point. So it's okay. Oh, well, I'm going to go cheer for all of them. So this experience in the stadium that day, it was alive with all of these people with a common cause. And that was to see the Wolverines win. And they did. So... What does it mean in your world to be alive with that kind of passion for Christ? Now, you might be here and you're thinking, I am. I am. And that's awesome. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, and I did ever since Dallas first invited me, to give just whatever it is that the Holy Spirit prompts in your heart today, that you could take it up a, lot, a notch. Maybe you need to write somebody a note. Let me tell you my experience a couple of weeks ago. So I, went, I came to worship at River Tree, where I go to church, and where my husband's pastor, of course. So I come in that day, and I don't know about you. I'm sure that I'm not the—I don't always come to church with this kind of level of excitement. Sometimes I just kind of show up, and I'm glad I made it. <laughs> so I'm sure. I mean, you could relate. Come on. So you come, I come in the door, and I was like, okay, God, I'm here. I made it. I'm going to find that coffee soon, and we're going to be good today, right? I'm not cool. And he's like, mm, I'm just going to be here. I don't really need to go out my way to talk to too many people today. I'm just going to be here. He's like, are you sick? I'm like, no. Okay. Like, why? He's like, why are you just going to be here? I'm like, because I'm, I'm just going to be here. Are you that tired? Well, I'm a little tired. Can I get a nap later? He's like, yeah. 
Okay, this is serious, like legitimately the weirdness going on in my head right now. At this, a couple weeks ago, he said, Janelle, I'm glad you showed up. But I need you to really show up. I don't care about those other pieces. Let me take care of that. I need you to show up today. I need you to be all in in worship. But God, they don't really like need me. I wasn't on the praise team today, so I'm good. He's like, yeah, but you're here with me. I need you to show up for me. I need you to listen to me. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> and it hit me like it's hit me right now. I said, okay, God. Let me be all in. Let me trust you with my nap later, because I'm a little obsessed with my naps later. <laughs> Let me trust you with my house that it will get clean later. Let me trust you that work will be done later. All those pieces that keep us busy and keep us a little tired, that's all right. But God asked, us, asked me to be present that day and be all in to keep my focus on what he was trying to teach me so that my life could be all in and a reflection of him. And woo, let me tell you, it was powerful. So whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to be all in today, would you just like write that down? Send a little message to yourself later. Maybe you need, I have, I have a couple friends going through some really hard stuff right now. And it's stuff that I cannot fix. But I can be present for them. And I can let them know that I am praying like no other. And that I love them. And I'm probably going to send them some stuff because don't we feel helpless sometimes? And we just got to send you some stuff because I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to send you like a journal and a pen and here you go. <laughs> And we know that really we need God Almighty to intervene, but sometimes he needs people to just send some people some stuff so that they know that you're caring for them and thinking of them. So that's what it is for me. There's another thing that God's kind of talking to me about that I don't know what that means yet. So whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is doing in your, in your mind right now that would go, God, I need my very life itself. I need all of my energy Sometimes I just get tired. Yeah, I know. But you are alive right now. You're above the dirt and we got stuff to do. We got a world that needs hope. We got to be all in. So I watched a, uh, a documentary yesterday and the day before, which is all because of my husband. Because remember, he's the history nerd, not really me. But he was like, you know, this is really good. And I was like, all right. So you remember a couple of a couple of years ago, and forgive me, I don't really remember the time frame, but it wasn't that long ago. There was a soccer team in Thailand. They got stuck in a cave, and there was this huge rescue effort to save these boys and their coach. And I remember kind of watching it, and days were going by, and we were losing hope, and people there were losing hope, and it was dangerous. And then I watched this documentary and I was like, whoa, there was so much more going on than what I knew at the time. There were very many moments where they could have said, whoa, this is too much. I cannot be all in with this. It's too hard. It's too risky. There's too much at stake. And they would have been right. Nobody would have blamed them. So there was a morning that one of the guys, they had called in some expert cave divers, and you really got to watch the document documentary. So it's on Disney+. Plus. It's in the National Geographic section. It's called The Rescue. You can write that down. You're welcome. This is what you learn on Sunday mornings now <laughs> when Janelle comes to visit. <laughs> so this guy, 
they were debating back and forth, you know, should we do it, should we not, da 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 there's a lot of danger, blah, blah, blah. And he just got up, he got his gear, and he started walking to the cave. Let's go. We have no other option. These boys aren't going to get saved any other way. We got to try. He didn't say one word, though. He got his gear, he got up, and he went. So what is God asking you to grab your gear and to go? There's a friend that still hasn't shown up with you today that you might have given up a little hope on. But you got to keep pushing because they're worth it. So what is the Holy Spirit asking you to be all in, to not give up hope, to remember that God answers prayer, that he saves all the awesome messages that we already had this morning. You're nefesh. You might be tired, but I know the God who gives strength when we're tired. He gives hope when we don't have any, and he heals. So where is your nefesh, and where does God want to call you forward to be all in with him and his kingdom? So God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that we can love you with all of our heart, with all of our being, like fish in the sea, with energy and excitement, that we can live alive for you. God, heal those parts in our heart that keep us reserving and they keep us hidden because we're afraid and we're, we're not whole yet. So Father, heal those places so that the fruit of your church can be love and grace and peace, patience and goodness and kindness. God, help us to be all in. We got the whole day. Sunday, January 16th, we got the whole day. Help us to know what to do with it. Help us to know how to spend our time well. God, we thank you for your church. We thank you that we are the hope of the world to be ambassadors of this incredible message. So God, we trust your Holy Spirit to do the work in us and to be empowering us and equipping us to be evidence of you in our world this week. In Jesus' name, amen.